Welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This podcast is all about tabletop gaming in small proportions. Now, here are your hosts, Andy Lennox and game designer Jason Katarski. Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, episode 32. I am Jason Katarski. I am Andy Lennox. And we are here to promise you that we will get back to releasing more than one episode every (laughs) month or so. I mean, it takes 20 minutes to record this thing. I don't know what our deal is. You know, you know, I think I know what our deal is. What's that? Well, my deal is that I started a publishing company. Oh, yeah. And that takes a little bit of my time, you know, a little bit of my focus away from the time that I maybe focus on getting together with you. Yeah, my free time's on the weekends and yours is on the weekdays. <laughs> yeah, that, that has nothing to do really... with you. So we'll, we're going to keep bringing you content, interviews. We're going to be uh, doing some, we're going to get together, even if it means we are going to be on Skype with each other more. Yeah, so, let's do this. That's cool. So tonight, today... This afternoon, whatever time it is, you have to be listening to this wonderful show. We want to talk about some stuff that is on our Christmas wish list, yeah. and then give you a couple um, recommendations to, of gifts that you might want to provide for people. Put something in their tree, under the tree, or or in their stocking. Because hey, it's that time of year, and there's some good stuff out there. So if you are planning on buying me a gift, <laughs> get your pens, get your pen and paper out, because <laughs> I've got two games on my Christmas wish list. That are fillers. Well, tell us the first one. So the first one's called Medieval Academy. This came out at Essen. It's by Blue Cocker Games, and the designer is Nicholas Ponsi? Pumpkin? I don't know. But it's a... <laughs> I like the sound of pumpkin, person. Pumpkin. <laughs> hey, pumpkin. He's such a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a drafting game, so you're passing cards around drafting, and there's a bunch of different boards... Um, and your, your pawns are on each of the boards, and you are when you draft a card, you move your pawn forward on that board, and each board has a different effect. So one is, this one scores on turn three, and you get so many points, um, and then it scores on turn six, and then you get so many points. One is, um, if you just get to a certain spot, you score, and it only scores at the end of the game. Um, there's other effects, like there's one that where there's a white knight and a black knight fighting each other, and... Whoever's knight is the winner at the end of the game, like that player, if that player has majority in that knight, they use score points or whatever. Uh, all these scoring boards are two-sided, so there's like a lot of different like ways to play. You just use different... There's, I think there, there was like six different scoreboards. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I haven't actually played the game, which is why it's on my Christmas wish list, but it's, it seems like a really clever little drafting game with lots of like back and forth... Um, the art's really great looking. Yeah, it's got this, it's, it's this neat thing of, it's a simple mechanic of drafting, but you're, but there's multiple ways to score and kind of different, different ways to kind of, um, focus your, your energies, which is, which is always a cool thing in a game, but it seems like it'd be easy to teach, um, any group of people, you know, looks, looks like a fun one. I haven't heard of it until you mentioned it to me, so I'm looking forward to checking that out too. I hope you get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess there's there's really only one that's on my Christmas wish list that I, you have all the games because I get all the yeah, I got all the games. <laughs> but um, I, I went to a convention recently, just a local convention, and I got to see one of the one of the copies like the week it came out of Pandemic: The Cure, which is Matt Leacock's new dice version, essentially of uh, of Pandemic, and and I thought it was I thought it was cool. So it takes the Pandemic experience down to a thirty minute thing with a whole bunch of cool colorful dice and and um, but 
But the thing is the components, man. Like these cool etched dice, and then there's like this plastic ring with pegs. Isn't there like a different dice for each roll in the game? I, is that true? Some, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But because I haven't read the rules, I haven't watched too many videos about it. Yeah. But I know it's like pandemic dice, shorter, awesome components. Like the the, the character cards. You know, like in regular pandemic, you've got these uh, these character abilities in this game they're actually die cut in the shape of like an ID badge with a hole in it so you could clip it on a lanyard if you wanted to but just like little touches like that they make this game like so pretty yeah one of our main problems with the pandemic and getting it to the table is it takes pretty much like an hour to play and we've we've beaten it on like every possible different <laughs> difficulty, and we've played with all the expansions. We've just played the heck out of that game. And if it if there was a little bit less setup time, it took a little bit less longer to play. We'd probably just keep playing it over and over and over again. So yeah. I, that one's on my list too. It sounds really fun. I, if it has that same feel of like we're all working together and solving this puzzle together, like. Pandemic's like the classic co-op game. I love co-op games. They go really well in my group, and if that as a filler would, I don't, I don't know that we would get much else to the table for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, I'm not sure how the setup time if that's going to be cut down because it seems like there's lots of little bits and pieces. At least because of the dice have to be probably sorted, and, and but um, it looks like it's well worth the experience. Excellent. The other one on my list is a uh, very little game, Robin. So this is a Set collecting game, you're trying to collect seven cards of one type. Um, and there's a little, there's a board where you put your, another board where you put your pawn, and the pawn, where the location of the pawn sort of determines how many cards you're drawing and discarding each round. Um, each round you play a card for its effect, I think. You discard a card, and then you, you draw cards, and you also, um, there's a round of trading. So you, you put a card on your turn out, as an offer, and other people can, like, trade with you. Uh, I love negotiation and trading games, especially, like, when they're very... Like, the rules are, seem very light. The cool thing about this is um, you're trading cards to collect sets, but also the cards have an effect on where your pawn is on the board. So it'll say um, you can move one pawn two spaces forward, and you can move one pawn one space backwards. Or And all the cards have different effects like that. So you can jockey and negotiate with people like, all right, I'll 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 take that trade, but you have to move me this many spaces this way, and then you have to move that person this way. Um, so being high up on the board like gives you a lot of cards, but it's also more dangerous because you can get sent back to the beginning really easily. And, um, and also your spot on the board can give you a bonus card. So like each spot on the board is worth one of these, one of the suits in the game. So if you're sitting on the right spot and you have six cards instead of seven, you win. Uh, and then there's special abilities and things, and it just seems like a really quick, simple game. And it plays six, and supposedly it plays best with six. And for some reason, like, my game group always has six. <laughs> and it's the worst number to have because you can't split into a four-player and a three-player game. And, like, all the two-player games we have are, like, light, so we'll play a... F- so if we have six and we split up, it's like four people are playing an hour-long game and two yeah. people are stuck. That's so, been my 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 game night lately. That's been happening. So we have eight people show up, and like we either have to just straight up like divide it into two four player games, like or or if two people are coming late, there's nothing for just the six of us to play. Yeah. So that's that's tough because you don't want people to 
I mean, two-player games are great, but, like, I feel like they serve a purpose for, like, when you're alone with your spouse or just your friend, you know, like, yeah. and not for game night, you know? Like, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, Robin looks really cool. I love that. I love the idea. I mean, it looks like there's just simple things that happen in the game for for really rewarding, kind of meaningful gameplay. Like, just a neat experience. Yeah. I love games like that, obviously, since we and have And I love betraying. I love making promises and betraying people. Oh, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> so watch out for it me seems just that like one. the thing that you would do. Um, so, you know, and a couple other ones that are on my list, just, just, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I still want to get my own copy of Sheriff of Nottingham, because that is a, a fun, fun game. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, so good. And I, I played it at Dice Tower Con this year, but that was the only time, and, and I really want to play it again. The only thing I don't like is the end game scoring. Mm-hmm. There is, there's more math than I'm comfortable a with. A little more bookkeeping <laughs> than you want to do? It's an accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not for that already. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, the other one is Linko, uh, Kramer Kiesling game. It was released uh, in Germany first as a Bluxen. And it's a sweet oh, yes. traditional card game. I had to play that at Gen Con with Chris Kopak. Oh, did you? But we only played like one or two rounds or something. We didn't play like as much as I wanted to. And it's, it is, that game's cruel. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's really, I, I play with It's fun. really take that, but very strategic and it's fun. Yeah, but, but, and the, and the rules are a little bit, um, I can't recall them off the top of my head, but it's this this like traditional card game that is a little bit turned on its head, so it's a little hard to wrap your mind around the first couple times. Mm-hmm. Like now, what happens if I play this card? Now, how does that work? And I played with really smart dudes that like totally did, like knew the game That's on the first Kramer, play. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And um, I played with Matt Riddle, and I played with W. Eric Martin, who has played that game more than anyone like on the planet. Yeah, probably yeah. more than Kramer. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I just felt stupid playing it, but I was like, this is cool, man. I'll play this game. Yeah, so it feels like one of those kind of instant classic card games, you know. Um, so I guess kind of that's a good segue. Speaking of instant yeah, so, classic, so card re- games. we're going to move on to our recommendations. What we think you should buy for people this Christmas season, yes. and and the first one, we're just going to straight up say it. It feels like an instant classic card this, game. This belongs like in the pantheon next to like Uno and Monopoly. Like this belongs in every store. Yeah, it should be in Walmart. It, it should be in Target. Every gamer's collection. Yeah, it is. It I don't I can't see anyone not liking this game. Yeah, and the game is called Red Seven. Red Seven. It's by uh, Carl Chudik and uh, Chris Sislik from uh, Asmati Games. Yeah. Now Carl Carl Chudik is known for innovation and Glory to Rome. Uh, so these these kind of games that that have just like I don't know like really come in at the indie scene and made a huge impact on people. Really yeah. creative dude. And um, and Red Seven is this is this fun simple game where. Um, you have you have seven uh, suits essentially, which are the which are the colors of the, of the rainbow. Roy G. Biv, and um, they're numbered one through seven in each of those suits. And each card, in addition to having a number, um, the color has a rule. So the way the game works is you play a card, and you have to be winning the game at the end of the turn. But but what they call the game is kind of like the rule, like in in flux, like there's a there's a rule and a win condition, right? Um, so the discard. Piles called the canvas that you're painting, and you play cards in front of your ta- in your tableau, which is called the palette. And you're gonna play um, your, your options for playing a card would be playing a card to your palette in front of you, playing a card to your uh, to the the canvas in the middle discard pile, which gives you the new game that you're playing, or playing to your palette and then also to um, the canvas. But the the way that the 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 rules are, are that you're that you're going with, like the red card, um, is highest card wins. So if you have the red card in the middle on the canvas, then you want to have a seven out there. Um, but 
if there's a tie for the numbers, then the highest priority of color, um, red, orange, yellow, green, you know, down those, down that Roy G. Biv uh, spectrum. Um, is the violet being the lowest red being. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, red That's being why it's called red seven. Red. The red seven is the highest card. Yes, yes. So, um, but, so the, the rule for red is highest card wins. The rule for orange is most of one number wins. Uh, and then yellow is most of one color wins. Green is most even card wins. Blue is most different colors win. Indigo is most cards in a row wins. And violet is most cards below the number four wins. So... So it's this it's this puzzle every turn you're like trying to it's hand management all, all the way you're like what can I play to allow me to not lose this game because if you 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 can choose to lose on your turn if you don't have anything to play or if there's an advanced scoring that I think is a little wonky that that isn't necessary but the idea you just play until you're out and then whoever is the last one to lose is the winner um, and it's it's so sweet, dude. Like, there's a couple advanced rules. Um, one of them, I think, is necessary. Um, there's some icons that I think should be ignored on the game, like because they just create a, a an experience that I don't know isn't necessary. No. And, and the long game scoring is is like huge maybe, spreads. Maybe but... once you've played the game a bajillion times, like try those other things out. But just play the base game and. And bask in its brilliance. It's yeah. so fun. You, you can play with people you're, you're playing Uno with. You can play with like people who play, you know, uh, any trick taking games or yeah, it's very, games. Like it's very puzzly, but it's simple. And you can play it. You can play it almost two ways. One way, you're you're just how do I survive this turn? Solve that puzzle. And the other way is like how do I how do I map a path through my hand? That will get me all the way to the end of this. Exactly. Yeah. One of the advanced rules that's cool is um, if you're playing a card to the canvas, uh, and that number on that new game that you're playing now, that new rule is higher than the number of cards in front of you on your palette, you can draw a card. So that that really adds that mapping layer to it because you're thinking, well, if I play this, then I can draw another card, um, and then I can maybe play this rule to use these cards, and it's it's cool. It's wow. Yeah, um, you gotta play it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's printed in Michigan, like where we are from, and it is uh, it's about a ten twelve dollar game. I'm buying it. Started hitting it. stores. Yeah, I, I just picked it up on a whim because it was a it was a ten dollar small box game, and it was by Carl Chittick. And I was like, okay, I, I got to try this. And, it, and there's been a lot of buzz about it, but I think if you haven't one click bought this on Amazon by the end of this episode, you're making a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. And we have not been paid to give this glowing endorsement. No, no. In any way. So, yeah, Red 7 uh, is, is a recommendation fit right in the stocking for Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday you may celebrate this time of year that uses stockings. <laughs> I need to pick up a lot of copies of this game, apparently. <laughs> Seriously. All right, so um, the other one we want to talk about is another one that's been getting some buzz since last year's Essen. I've been wanting to play it since last year. I've not played it until... Yeah, this last, week. Yeah, this week. Yeah, and um, that one is called Machi Koro from good. IDW and uh, Pandasaurus Games. When are you going to give the overview of that one, Andy? All right. In Machi Koro, you buy cards and you roll dice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so on your turn, you, you get a 1d6 and you roll it. And you start off with two cards. One says, when anyone rolls a 2, you collect 1 gold. And the other one says, if you roll a 2 or a 3, you collect 1 gold. Only on your turn. Only on your turn. So you roll the dice. If it's a 2 or a 3, you get gold on your turn. And then you pass the dice, and then somebody else rolls the dice. And if they roll a 2, you get 
gold. There's more to it than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, sort of like Dominion, there's a, bu- there's a bunch of cards in the middle that you can buy. And they all have different numbers on them. They all have different effects. Like, the, there's a one that lets you collect a gold on anybody's turn. Uh, the blue cards let you collect gold on other people on anybody's turn. The green cards, it's just your turn. So there's one that's a, it's a, if you roll a four, you collect three coins. Um, they all have different icons, and some cards refer to those icons. So one says, collect one gold for every such and such icon that you have. Um, so it's it's essentially sort of a little bit of a gambling game. You're 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 hedging your bets. You're trying to figure out how you want to spend the money that you get to buy more cards, so that you get more money when people roll dice. Uh, to, to win the game, there are four cards in front of you that are like major structures. These are this is all like city themed. You're building a little city, um, and one of them one of them lets you roll two dice instead of just one. So there's cards numbered all the way up to to twelve. There's a little bit of strategy in there of when you buy that, when you start buying cards that play off of the higher numbers. Uh, there's strategy in like how do I want to buy this in this order? It feels it feels people say it's um, have have said that it's like the um, it's like a simpler filler version of Catan, but I think it feels more like Dominion to me. Mm. It feels like you're trying to build up this tableau but it, it's sort of like you don't know what's going to activate you don't know when like dominion you know you're going to pull these things but this is a little bit lighter than dominion in that you're just rolling dice um and that's and that's the joy of this game it's that you, you're rolling a die you're rolling a die everybody's sitting there like chanting for a certain number <laughs> to come up and crazy stuff happens there's also red cards and those are my favorite <laughs> the cards that let you steal money from other people. Yes. yes. <laughs> I always buy all of those <laughs> whenever I get a chance. You know, it's it's a fun it's a fun simple game, and and it beyond the the like the surface, it does it seems like you're just rolling dice and stuff is happening. But like you get so invested because like you do get to like, am I gonna just guess that all of these are gonna be low rolls, or am I gonna like spread my spread out, you know, to get like a more even chance of getting everything? Yeah. And there's a couple different strategies, right? Like go for one thing and hope you get that roll and get lucky, or spread it out and you'll only get the one dice. You know, like it, it can all go very wrong very easily. But um there, there's some small choice involved, but it's just fun to roll those dice. And the 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 art on this game is super cute. It's like Japanese, uh, oh, yeah. uh, like pop culture-y, like little weird buildings, you know, just really bright colors, and yep. it's very attractive as a game. Um, and I don't know. what it, We just like rolling dice and seeing what happens. It's so you know? barely, it's almost not a game, right? Like you're almost just rolling dice and things are happening. But it's just so barely above that that there's all this emergent strategy that happens and you get super invested in it and you're like, oh, this strategy's going to pay off perfectly. <laughs> and then nobody rolls a six ever during the whole game. Yes. And you're like, no! Yes. <laughs> yeah, this game... It's I, so fun. When I played with my wife, like, she was super mad. <laughs> she was so mad. She's like, this is stupid! Like, I'm never rolling anything that I have. And, like, you know, that can be really frustrating. So if you're the kind of gamer that doesn't like games that feel like um, you don't have control a lot of the time, well, this game isn't for you. But if you like games that make you go, ooh, yeah, awesome! Yeah, because for every time you roll, like, threes every turn for three turns in a row and lose all your money, like, there's going to be those humongous turns where you just rake in 12 gold in one turn and win the game. Yeah, and then you don't spend your money, and the next turn it all goes away to your neighbor. (laughs) 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 Who took the red cards. (laughs) So spend that money. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, Machi Core is about thirty bucks. The cool thing, like, it, it started showing up in some big box retailers around here. Like, it showed up at a Meyer, like, which is kind of a Midwest thing. It started in Michigan, but like, they have this sweet little hobby game section now. And Machi Koro's on the shelf. Uh, Machi Koro is uh, was at my my game store, and um, it just has that kind of appeal. And I think we're gonna we're gonna see this game around for a while. The box is way too big for the game itself. It'll have to go under the tree when you wrap it. <laughs> Not in the stuff. Um, and w- like. W- one sixteenth of the box is filled with eighty cards or something and some tokens. So they got room for expandability in the first there's, two expansions. I think have already been announced. No, I knew one. The Harbor is one of them, and I think there's an, an additional one that are going to be coming out very shortly. Nice. Um, so I think they'll add more, maybe more choice and more variety to this to this already super fun uh, simple game. It takes it takes about forty five minutes to an hour if you're playing with the full uh, table of four people, but. Uh, it's worth it. It's a good way to pass the time. We had uh, our at our game night. It was the cutest two tables of gaming next to each other ever. We were playing Machi Koro on one table while the people next to us were playing Takenoko, and it was just this like, oh, it's Pages I just wanted to hug series. everything, you know, like it was just this wonderful experience. Japanese game night. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's a couple recommendations for Christmas and a little bit of our wish list um, of what we're looking forward to. Tweet at us uh, and let us know what you're looking for under the tree. What kind of stuff you're hoping to get. You can find me at Jason Kotarski. I'm at Andy underscore Lennox. We thank you for listening to uh, the latest episode of 20 Minutes of Filler. If you want to find more great podcasts, go to DicetowerNetwork.com. Until next time, get out there and play some great little games. <laughs>